0: Not many people go there outside of the Alaskans that live there, but the Arctic region is a vital interest to the United States. Since 1984, the U.S. Arctic Research Commission has been studying the Arctic, coming up with research priorities for the region. Now the commission's executive director has received a presidential rank award. Joining me in studio, Dr. John Farrell. Dr. Farrell, good to have you on.
1: Thanks. Pleasure to be here, Tom.
0: Let's begin with the commission itself. It's not one of the household names in the pantheon of federal government agencies. Independent
1: commission, what does it do? It's uh, primarily designed to inform the president and Congress about what research needs to be done in the Arctic region to inform decisions made by the federal government.
0: What types of research take place there? I mean, uh, there's
1: climate change, some people believe, changing the ice flow and so forth. Sure. It's, it's the full range of research, basic and applied research uh, on the environment, on the people that live in the region, on the natural, biological, physical, chemical sciences, all areas. Some of it very applied, like infrastructure buildings, uh, roadways, things like that, uh, to shipping to uh, research that helps uh, inform national security. It's really the whole thing. The
0: Arctic has become strategically important. Russia is plying the waters up there with icebreakers. China decided it's an Arctic nation. There's some contention there. But in the research area, do the nations cooperate more?
1: Yeah, the Arctic is receiving a lot more attention these days, in part because it's warming significantly at twice the rate of the rest of the world. And in terms of being a strategic region, it certainly is. Actually, it has been for such a long time, at least through the Cold War, even before that. And I think it's receiving a little bit more attention these days uh, because of the entry of China into the region, which China has declared itself a near-Arctic nation. And it shows interests all over the world, but including the Arctic region. Getting back to the commission itself, is most of the research done through grants? Yeah, we're more of a science policy organization. We're not a granting organization. So we work very hard to listen carefully to what the nation and, in fact, the international community says are the priorities for research. And then we uh, put that into a, a biennial report we released to Congress and the president saying these are the high-priority objectives. And then we work with other government agencies that do have significant funds And they put together a plan to take our objectives and our goals and turn those into actual projects to get the research done.
0: So I imagine energy
1: must be a big consumer of what the uh, commission puts out. Sure. uh, The Department of Energy certainly is involved in Arctic research, some of it very basic, such as uh, looking at carbon flows in and out of the region, to very applied things like uh, geothermal energy in Iceland or uh, even supercomputing efforts that they're doing through certain areas. What about the uh, animals and the wildlife and the flora and fauna up there? Well, first of all, it's a huge attractor for the tourism industry. A lot of people want to go see things, especially now because of the of the changes in the environment. So people kind of feel like we really need to get up there to see these things. Some of the animals are having a tough time, honestly, because their environment uh, is changing, it, particularly those that are dependent on the Arctic sea ice. That's the floating ice upon which they live, like some seals, Some polar bears, uh, they hunt from that platform. They rest on the platform. So they're evolving, and it's it's actually a fascinating thing for the researchers because the ecosystem is really changing quickly. You've got new fish coming into areas that hadn't been there before. So you've got some winners, and you have some losers in the ecosystem. It's interesting because you say it's warming faster
0: than the rest of the world, and yet all of the nations are up there with icebreakers, and the U.S. has at least one icebreaker under construction and— Russia has quite a number of icebreakers operating in there. So apparently there's enough ice
1: to justify lots of icebreakers. Right. The interesting thing is that while uh, in the summertime, the ice does melt back significantly, in the wintertime, it still grows back. And it's at least uh, a yard thick, if not more, across the entire northern part of the, of the Arctic Ocean. So winters, you'll always see ice, but you don't. it's not as thick as it used to be.
0: We're speaking with Dr. John Farrell. He's executive director of the U.S. Arctic Research Commission and a winner of the Presidential Rank Award this year. And tell us about the commission itself. It sounds like you don't have a really big staff.
1: <laughs> no, the, the commissioners uh, are presidential appointees. By law, there are eight of them, including the director of the National Science Foundation is an ex-officio member. And our chair is Ms. Uh, Fran Olmer. And then there are... Um, others that are appointed. uh, They are appointed representing the scientific community, four of them, two from industries, and at least one from the Alaska Native community so that we make sure we have a good voice from the indigenous peoples in the region. And so they do the listening with different groups to come up with the research agenda? Exactly. The commission meets formally two to four times a year, at least once in Alaska, and we invite many people to come and talk to us and tell us what they think is interesting, scientists, community members, uh, all kinds of people. And we also do stuff internationally to get input on that realm.
0: And what about Canada? I mean, they have lots of land
1: in the Arctic relative to the United States. Are they involved also? Very much so. Although the population of Canada is only about that of California, sure. they have a huge expanse and... Uh, in the Arctic, and they're very interested in that area. And we work closely with our counterparts in Canada, such as Polar Knowledge Canada. I was just curious, do you get to the Arctic yourself? I certainly do. what's it like? It's an incredible place. It's really something to be seen. And uh, I have had the good fortune of being on icebreakers at sea. I've been up to the North Pole. I've been through many of the Arctic nations, I think all of them uh, at one point or another. And uh, you really have to see it to appreciate it. It's a stark, beautiful a wonderful place. Now, you have gotten the Presidential Rank Award. What do you think you did to get that? Well, um, I don't really know because I don't know what the review panelists uh, saw. But I, I like to think that uh, they recognize that we are a small agency, but we work very hard and we provide really useful information for the nation. And I, um, I'm just very appreciative that my boss put me up for this and uh, that the panel looked favorably upon it. And you're not a long-term Fed. I mean, you've been in industry a long time. Well, actually, I've been a Fed for 14 years. Uh, Before that, I worked at a university as an associate dean of research. Before that, I worked in nonprofit organizations running science programs. And what is your scientific specialty? I'm a geologist by training, uh, a marine geologist, and so I've done a lot of work at sea. I guess you forget maybe that
0: underneath the Arctic, there is ocean. And it's a cold ocean, but I imagine that has a lot of
1: effect on what happens up above. That's very true. A lot of people uh, who don't know the area very well aren't familiar with the fact that it's an ocean surrounded by continents, whereas Antarctica is a continent surrounded by oceans. There are eight Arctic nations, and that means nations that actually have land north of the Arctic Circle but it is a, it's a, a big ocean and it's becoming a much more accessible than it previously was and what
0: do you think is the strategic imperative of the united states as more
1: nations ply that area as china gets involved what do we need to do Well, strategically, it's been important because it's actually the closest pathway between, say, the United States and Russia. And when we had the dew line during the Cold War and there's been lots of uh, emphasis on security and defense along that region, it's also a place where shipping is occurring at greater frequency because the ice has been retreating. It's a shorter route from Asia to Europe. Through the Arctic, uh, it's still very difficult to ship through there because uh, there's a lot of seasonality in the ice. There's not a lot of ports and harbors, and yeah, if you get stuck, rescue. you're really stuck. Yeah, I mean, one famous guy said, uh, "If you're going to go to the Arctic, you better bring your rescue with you." So strategically, it's important. There's a lot of resources in the Arctic region: natural resources, oil and gas, fish. Minerals, and uh, those are receiving a lot of attention too.
0: Dr. John Farrell is executive director of the U.S. Arctic Research Commission and a winner of a presidential rank award this year. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at slash federal drive. Hear the federal drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts
1: or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zell. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely.